We're going to cover some basketball stuff today uh, because plenty of stuff has uh, gone down in the last 24 hours. So let's get into it. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. Not long after Ben Simmons is awarded uh, NBA Rookie of the Year, a major announcement takes place in Melbourne where seven NBL matches against NBA teams are going to go down in the preseason at the end of September, early October. So to talk all about this, I'm joined by Hoops journalist for the Fox Sports website, Olgan Ulich. How are you? Hello. I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Just got back from the States, did you? Yeah, I landed yesterday morning. Wow, hey, straight to work. Yeah, I haven't slept much. Yeah, I'm well, so neither. Tired. Ni- I'm so I mean, tired, neither. Because we we're, were up all night watching the Socceroos, of course, as well. Of course. I watched every Socceroos game. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't feel genuine. Yeah, no, it's not. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, no, I was uh, like busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I was We're happen. well aware you don't care about any other sports other than basketball. No, I'm like a mm. genuine football fan. I played football was the sport I played growing up. Okay. Um, but then when I was thinking like, should I watch the Socceroos games, um, or should I do anything else? The other things won. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So let's kick... Uh, would you prefer to kick it off with the NBA awards or the the NBL news? Let's go Let's go chronologically. So let's go the awards. Yeah, sure. So it was locked in. It was always going to happen. It was contentious. But Ben Simmons was awarded NBA Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it was contentious throughout because Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons, mostly Donovan Mitchell, decided to make a... A game out of it, effectively. Um, you know, one was in their first year, one was in their second year in the NBA system. Yeah, um, Donovan we've Mitchell. D- we've, of d- course, we've debated this on previous splashes. We have. You know, ben Simmons is had played in his first year this season, so he was by rule a rookie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, of course, tried to contest that. Um, the position that most reasonable people had was that if you're trying to say that you're Rookie of the Year and not Ben because he's not actually a rookie, you're at the same time conceding that he was better than you. Um, and so <laughs> if the NBA says he's a rookie and you're conceding he's better than you, then the other person's the Rookie of the Year. And that is exactly what happened. Um, it, it turned out being a lot uh, a lot more of a blowout than I thought it would be. You know, Ben won around 90 first place votes, Donovan Mitchell won 11. And yeah. so it, it yeah. really wasn't close no, when okay. I actually thought that it could be. I thought maybe Donovan Mitchell could sway some minds. I don't think he yeah, did. Yeah, well, I mean, because the all the all the um, the journos and other people that voted, um, they don't necessarily have to be objective. They can c- take into consideration uh, what the rules are and whether or not they agree with it. But luckily for Ben Simmons and Australian fans, I suppose... Uh, those with the the power and responsibility to vote on this decided that, well, the NBA has their rules, uh, so let's just vote based on who is eligible. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. There was one person who voted, who gave Ben Simmons a third-place vote, Mm. which I don't know how any kind of adult could do that. 
That makes no sense at all. They uh-huh. forgot that this is a regular season award, and and obviously Jason Tatum, <laughs> the the Boston Celtics star, had a superb playoff run. Yeah, sure, but even then, well, no, put that aside because the votes were calculated before the playoffs began. But it's just the fact that anyone could. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. So, the, so the votes had to be in before they the were, playoffs. They were in before commenced. the postseason, so you you can't even use that as okay. an excuse. Okay. Um, and so, so they must have just been salty about the so NBA, salty, yeah, just system. about either yeah. Yeah, either the system or eligibility or about Australians. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's true. We're, we're about to start a nationality war, aren't we? <laughs> Yay! Well, we'll get to that too. Um, oh yes, we actually yeah. will. Uh, quickly run through some of the other awards for us. Uh, James Harden MVP. Did you? Did you like that one? I did. And I think every award was as expected. So James yeah. Harden walked yeah. away with the MVP award. It's his first award. Uh, it's interesting to note that uh, you know Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden have all won MVPs. They were all on the, that same Thunder team. They were drafted consecutively after each other. So now the fact that they're all on different teams except for Russ having won MVPs is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, so and, and you ask, what if? You ask what what if what if that what, trio stuck together? What if Sam Presti or whomever was in charge at that time, I think it was him, decided to keep James Harden and not Sergi Barker? They yeah, they yeah. bet on Sergi Barker. That did not pay off. Um, and so, and they've let some talent walk. So out the you building. imagine you imagine a team that would have had Russ, James Harden, and KD, basically as your perimeter guys. Uh, and, that, and then and then they had to watch Victor Oladipo win Most mm-hmm. Improved. Yeah, <laughs> at Indiana. Yeah, and now. Paul George is going through a, a fun little uh, free agency extravaganza on ESPN where mm. everything's televised. And so it's all just, it's, nothing's going great for the Thunder at the moment. Actually, I will ask you about free agency at the end too because there are some fascinating uh, subplots going on uh, there as well. But here was an interesting award um, and I didn't necessarily disagree with it because I thought he did a pretty fantastic job with this team through the regular season, but Dwayne Casey wins coach of the year, Toronto Raptors coach, but he was sacked. He was. Um, after Toronto was swept by uh, Cleveland. Yeah, it was about 45, 46 days ago he was sacked. Uh, it, that that firing seemed like like it was on the, uh, on the horizon. Um, the Raptors were swept by the Cavs. They should not have been swept by the Cavs. Mm. Um, but they were always looking for an excuse to, to change that, that position. And despite them having the best record in the East, Dwayne Casey got the got the boot. Mm. But at the same time, he had he led a team that had the best record in the East, and it, yeah. it was a relatively unchanged team, which meant okay, maybe some some coaching changes with regard, as in some of Dwayne Casey's strategies, maybe they changed a little bit. He deserved the award, yeah. I think so. Now he's with Detroit, um, and winning it's just the coach a of the different year award. goalposts altogether. He's yeah. done terrific things with the Raptors team through the regular season, but prior to that season kicking off, you can only assume he tried to convince uh, the Toronto front office that he had different systems and um, structures in place to make sure that they didn't falter uh, as early in the playoffs. That is what they have been known for, for yeah. being a really solid regular season team and then just falling flat in the playoffs. Uh, and that happened again. So they proved correct. <laughs> and he's, uh, Dwayne Casey has been picked up by Detroit. It's a four or five year uh, deal, I believe. A long term deal. Um, um, I didn't watch the awards yesterday. Did Was he there and 
Um, I suppose he's sitting at the D- Detroit table, but then goes up to collect an award he won as the Raptors coach. Yeah, and he thanked the Raptors. The Raptors congratulated him on Twitter. So did Detroit. Um, <laughs> so it's just a weird love triangle. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Thank God this is this was over because it was kind of expected that Dwayne Casey would win it, and it was just an awkward lead up to it. It's a little bit awkward afterward, and hopefully that's just kind of. Water under the bridge. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, I believe, uh, broke uh, a big basketball story here in Australia. Yeah. Um, as as we're all celebrating Ben Simmons' success, uh, it's announced that there's going to be seven preseason games between NBL franchises and NBA franchises. Um, elaborate on this one for us. Yes. So I broke this last night, which would, which is Tuesday night. Um, working on very little sleep. I'm so tired, Phil. Um, but no, I got told about this from a few people last night. Was it? Was this part of your journey to America, by the way? Did you pick up uh, this story whilst you were over there? No, it wasn't. This was okay. just by chance. I was actually ready to go to sleep. It was like it was a bit later. I'm, I'm very tired, Phil. So <laughs> I was ready to go to sleep, and I got told by a few people that hey, this is coming. I said okay. I went and did more digging. I, I got my story. Um, and I was fortunate to break it late last night. Um, and then a bunch of other outlets followed and the NBL confirmed it this morning. So, uh, seven games, seven NBA preseason games, it will feature five different NBL teams, six different NBA teams. Mm. So I have the, the list in front of me, which I'll, I'll quickly just read out. So you have Melbourne United, who are the defending NBL champions going up against the Philadelphia 76ers, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Uh, Brett Brown, who obviously has a history in this country, used to be the head coach of the Australian national team. Yeah. Um, so that's a really cool matchup, Melbourne versus Philly. Uh, you've got the Perth Wildcats versus Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz, Joe Ingles, Dante Exum. Yeah. You have that Australian contingent. Sydney Kings versus LA Clippers. That's in Hawaii. Uh, mm. The New Zealand Breakers versus the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Wildcats again going up against the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets. Um, United, so Melbourne again going up against the Toronto Raptors, and then it all finishes off with the Adelaide 36ers going up against the Utah Jazz, which is interesting. You have Adelaide going up against Joe Ingles, who is from Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's cool. And it's cool for Adelaide because from the looks of it, with regard to this season and last season, which they did have these NBA, NBL preseason games last season too, the 36ers are the only you know quote-unquote small market team yeah. that have been yeah. or would be involved in these, uh, which is very cool considering they are coming off a, you know, a championship series campaign. They made the, the finals and took that to five games. But so it's no, good to send no, them rewarded. None of these matches are being played in Australia, though. No. So all no. of these are in the NBA team's respective home yeah, court, yeah, except yeah. for the Clippers game, which is in, in Hawaii. In Honolulu. Is that the next frontier um, to get an NBA team to come to Australia? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, this this was a really good step. And, you know, big ups to Larry Kesselman, who's taken ownership of Australian basketball. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the, the closest we'll get in the near future is the, the Team USA Australian Boomers series, that two-game series that'll happen next, right. next year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'll be in the lead-up to the FIBA World Cup. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, beyond that, I, I don't see a team coming, an NBA team coming anytime soon just because of the travel. Logistically, it's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, but that is the next step. This is an unbelievable first step, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw on Fox Sports News 500 this morning, Narrowly Meadows hosting a big... Uh, NBL press conference, which yep. featured uh, the likes of Andrew Bogut there, um, and there was sort of a, a a feeling amongst the people that got up and spoke, including Andrew Gaze, that this 
would never have. This would was not even in the NBL's wildest dreams four years ago. Uh, obviously, now we do have Bogut joining uh, the league through the Sydney Kings, which has added unbelievable legitimacy to the competition down here. Yep. How much has the NBL grown in the last four years, uh, and why? So the ownership has played a, an incredibly large part of it. Larry Kesselman has made a really concerted effort to connect with the NBA and essentially be a partner of the NBA. He's made this concession that the N- he, he understands that the NBA is the best league in the world and that will likely never, ever change. Of course. And so he's made this, this goal of being connected to them essentially by the hip and having the NBA be the, the second best league in the world. Um, and that's something they're going for. Whether they get there, who knows? You know, the, the EuroLeague is, is, is massive. You know, Israel is such a, a big market as well, anywhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's Larry Kesselman's goal. And, and at this point, he's on a really good trajectory to at least attempt to be there. The NBL is trying to get global. That's their main thing. Yeah. Um, and so bringing in guys like Andrew Bogut. Um, and then when Andrew Bogut says that he's spoken to some of his former NBA teammates about potentially playing in this league. That that kind of conversation is really helpful for the league. Yeah, yeah. It, it builds, like you said, it builds legitimacy, builds credibility. Um, so it's from covering this league a few years ago to covering it today. It's just night and day from everything, from every standpoint, from mm-hmm. the the nature of the talent on the teams, the nature of the way the the media works, the way the digital, um, the way they express themselves digitally. Uh, which yeah, is extremely yeah. important. Everything has grown, and it looks like it's only going to keep growing. Professional pathway too is probably the the other big one now. That it's it's a lot more realistic for players to enter an NBA draft not via multiple years in the college system, yep. um, I suppose. So yeah, there so are there are developing and aspiring NBA players using the NBL as a um, as a means to get there. So we saw that with Terrence Ferguson last season. Yeah. He got picked up by the Oklahoma City Thunder. He got drafted by them. Yeah. When did... Because, of course, we just recently had the draft as well last Friday. Uh, where, where, when did he get picked up? So he was... Yeah, so he was at last year's draft. He was in the 20s. Okay. Um, the mid-20s. So wow. he did he did drop a, a tiny bit, but not a, a significant amount. Um, but he was the... Kind of the test... Mm. And it, it appeared to work. You know, yeah. you get these really talented American kids who either don't want to go to college or aren't, aren't eligible to go to college, come to the NBL. It is, you know, we spoke about this when it happened with Terrence. It's an English-speaking country. It's really safe. It's a solid league, and NBA teams come and watch come and watch these games. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's got everything you need. It just doesn't have the same fanfare, obviously, of some colleges and obviously the NBA. And so... If you can, if you're willing to, if you're a potential lottery player, you're willing to cop a year in Australia, which is really lovely. Then it, it's definitely a, a solid pathway, and that's something that mm-hmm. Jeremy Loliger, the CEO, is trying to push with the Next Stars program, yeah. which is effect, which is essentially uh, incentivizing these players to come, giving them certain, um, I, I'd say, incentives again, um, just to come here and, and use it as a pathway, and actually creating. A, a tangible pathway as opposed to just saying come here and we'll work it out from there yeah, uh, yeah. so that's what the next stars program is whether that gets off the ground that they're hopeful we'll see um but yeah, i think that's the next step for them yeah yeah we saw bogut at this press conference yep. this morning he's a, a stakeholder of the sydney kings as well i believe so yeah it's there's still questions around that whether he is a stakeholder or whether he's been promised stakeholdership okay. Okay. um but either way he has 
th- there is a stakeholdership waiting for him. Yeah. So, I was so say regardless, that, he has an investment in the team. Yeah, which means ha- how much uh, of this kind of fan engagement, um, uh, publicity kind of stuff is he going to uh, commit to doing in order to grow uh, the MBL's brand as well as the King's brand and his brand? Yeah, that's that was one of the better things about him signing. You know, yeah. Putting aside the fact that he didn't put any kind of NBA out clause in his contract, um, the fact that he has, again, we have to try and confirm this, but either has ownership or has um, committed to eventually having ownership um, or having having been promised ownership is that he is invested in the league, mm. which means he there's no way for him to mess around and just yeah, yeah. come here just to live in Sydney or just to just to kind of he's all in. Yeah, and that's really yeah. important. Just because he could have he could have made a lot more money in in the United States. Yeah, yeah, for he, sure. An NBA team would have picked him up. His minimum would have been a few million dollars. And so for him to come here to commit to it and to obviously just invest himself just as a human being into growing the league and growing basketball in Australia from I'd say a grassroots level is really important. Yeah, yeah. Uh what was your sort of one or two of your big takeaways from the NBA draft that took place uh, a, f- a few days ago. Ooh, um, the Atlanta Hawks trading down to um, to get base- Trey Young, the, the point get, guard, to get Trey Young instead of Luka Doncic, yeah, yeah. who the Mavs obviously traded up for. Yeah, so the Mavs traded their fifth- Lith- Lithuanian uh, or he's Slovenian. Slovenian. So the the Mavs had the fifth pick, and they so they traded that fifth pick and a future first rounder. For the third pick, that third pick, Luka Doncic, that fifth pick ended up being Trey Young. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was that was a curious move from Atlanta mm. because I don't think that uh, Trey Young's ceiling is anywhere near as high as Luka Doncic's. Yeah, Luka Doncic, in my opinion, has a, kind of a superstar ceiling. Trey Young, I don't think has that. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, beyond that, you know, they no, will get a future. Protected first rounder, yeah, uh, off Dallas for that trade as well. Correct. Yeah, I, I want to see the protections on that as well because obviously giving up Luka Doncic is big. You want, yeah. Well, he was many. kind of consensus top three and has right. been for months. Anywhere you look, right? He's he's been a uh, you know that wonder boy for quite some yeah. time. And the Mavs think he's the next Dirk Nowitzki. He, they think he's the next international player to basically be the face of that franchise. Yeah. Uh, so beyond that, you know, no Australians got drafted, which entering the draft was my prediction mm. that that was not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I thought the 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 Sixers drafting Mikael Bridges and then trading him for Zaire Smith was really oh it was it was whilst he was doing a presser too. It wasn't a it wasn't a troll, but it felt like it because yeah. Mikael Bridges he's a Philly boy, played at Villanova. His mum works for the Sixers. And wow. he got he got drafted there. It seemed like the kind of perfect match, and then he got traded for Zaire Smith, who's a player that's not too dissimilar from him, similar positions, that yeah. kind of thing. So, and he was doing a press conference, like yep. uh, holding back tears of just so excited to be in Philly. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to stay in my hometown. Da 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 da. Yep. They did got, not. Nope, got traded. Sort that one out well. Correct. And that <laughs> I thought that was just. Beyond some of beyond that trade, the the Doncic trade, which was I think the bigger kind of story of the of that, this was just awkward, and I felt yeah. I felt horrible because it was like yeah. oh this is perfect, and then until it wasn't, <laughs> yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah. Beyond that, it was it wasn't an uneventful draft. 
but it, it wasn't as there weren't the fireworks that we were expecting. Mm. I think it's because we didn't see many trades. Yeah. With regard yeah. to established players. Yeah. Which I do imagine we see in the coming days. We saw one today with Austin Rivers and Martin Gortat basically trading spots. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, that was it. There was sort of there was everyone was just kind of probably hoping more than anything, but there was a, a slim chance that Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. could have been involved uh, in a NBA draft day trade. It's yeah, it's because the there there have been so many rumors with regard to a lot of people and trades and signings and whatnot. But the the Kawhi Leonard rumors happen really close to the draft, and so the expectation is that oh, Kawhi wants to be traded. They're going to do it on draft night. Yeah. Now yeah. that's obviously not how it works. They Spurs will trade him if, when and if they like. Um, but yeah, we were kind of we we're waiting for that, and that's one of those things where once the Kawhi Leonard bomb drops, then everything will probably start to fall into place. Everyone's just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, and so based on everything you've read and heard and all the rest of it, uh, what's your prediction with what will happen to, I'm going to ask you, Kawhi and then also LeBron James? So so from what we know from the reporting, the Spurs aren't willing to trade Kawhi within their conference. Yeah, uh, I think that's a stupid thing. And for the listeners out there, Kawhi has one more year in his contract. He said Correct. he wants to be traded to LA. So the risk for any other franchise in any other city basically is that um, we can trade with San Antonio to have Kawhi Leonard come to us, but there's no guarantee beyond um, at one season that he's going to stay there before being a free agent and yep. going wherever he wants anyway. Yeah, basically if you're not a, an LA-based team, you're... If you trade for Kawhi, you're basically renting him. Yeah, um, yeah. And obviously, you don't want to trade some of your best assets for a really good player for a year only to leave. Exactly. And you've just traded your assets for nobody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And So how do you think this unfolds? So I think uh, that they either trade him somewhere in the East, which he wouldn't want to be at, and he'll just he'll cop it and then sign with the Lakers next year. But I mean, like which team in the East would... Um... That's the thing. I don't. I don't know who would... Do that. I, yeah. I I do wonder. Does does Philly decide to throw Rob Covington on the table, throw some of their kind of younger pieces at, at the Spurs and say, "Hey, trade him to us. Let's just go all in for a year, and then and see how that works with a Ben yeah. Simmons, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid. Wow, big three. Yeah, and and then after that thing, hey, Philly's a nice city. Kawhi, do you want to stay here? That's something that yeah. could be on the table. Yeah. Um. That's that's what that's the direction I think is most likely okay. an Eastern team like that. I, I do imagine the Spurs being such an experienced franchise and so seasoned, seasoned just saying, not nah, quite, you're going to cop it here for one more year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you become a free agent, you can sign when you sign where you like. And and the Spurs too, they'd be much more willing to explore a, a trade with an Eastern Conference team as well to get him out of their West. Right. And, and not do business with uh, a huge rival such as LA. Exactly. Uh, and also, I don't know whether the Spurs are in a weird position where I don't think they're contenders. With or without Kawhi, mm. and so I, I don't think that they're in any sort of rush to trade him. Yeah, they yeah. can wait until February if they want to. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that'll be interesting. Uh, with regard to LeBron, I think it'll come down to LA and Philly. Um. As much as I probably is he waiting for the Kawhi Leonard domino to drop? I imagine he would be because that that that'll play a big role with mm. regard to if a team picks up Kawhi. Does that mean that? So let's say he gets traded to the Lakers. If if Kawhi goes there. Does that mean that the Lakers might have to not go for Paul George? Do they have the the means to get Paul George? Or yeah, and and so yeah, a lot of things have to drop before LeBron makes his decision. 
Um, and so I, I think that Kawhi thing is one of them. Do you, do you believe right now that LeBron has not made up his mind on this? I think he's made up his no... mind where he's not going. Yeah. Just for, yeah. from, again, this is, I'm speculating, but it's just based on yeah, yeah. what we've seen for this forever. This is a podcast. We're allowed to speculate. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, journalism. Um, <laughs> no, no. So from what, from what we, we've observed for so long with LeBron, I would be surprised if he wants to remain in Cleveland. They're not a team that's built to win. He's a player that has to win. He's thinking about his legacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's already kind of had that whole, I'm leaving Cleveland to chase a championship. Another one's not really going to hurt him. Yeah. And so that's the way I imagine he's thinking. And I, I think he sees the, the Lakers and the, the Sixers as the two viable options for him, both from a personnel standpoint with regards to teams that could win either now or very soon. Um, and then just with regard to potential off-court his off-court situation. So Philly's a nice city. It's a big city. It's a big enough market for him. Mm. Um, LA is the biggest market other than New York City. Yeah. Um, and LeBron has a house there. He's got a Hollywood production company. There's a lot of reason for him to go to LA. If I had to pick, I'd say he'd probably go LA to the Lakers. It's just a matter of how. It's how. just a matter of how and who goes with him. Does yeah. Does Chris Paul somehow find a way to get there? Um, does Dwayne Wade follow them? Do they do they have their little banana boat situation going on? Um, does he convince Paul George to come to LA with him to have a when 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 do these questions realistically start to be answered potentially? So we'll find out. So July twenty nine, so June twenty nine, excuse me, I believe. So Eastern time is when LeBron has to decide whether he's opting in or out of his contract. June twenty ninth, so two days time or three days time. Yeah. And so that's when he has to decide whether he's opting in or out of his contract with okay. the Cavs. If he opts in, then he... You would think he's got something cooking. No. He's got someone coming maybe to Cleveland. They drafted yeah. Sexton. Yeah. Um, I don't think Sexton is, gonna, is the no. guy that no. carries him over the line. But um, yeah, if he opts in, then he, he will be a Cav. I think trading him would be a real mess for, for the Cavs. Mm. Um, it's, just, it's just very difficult to do with regard to the cap and stuff like that. Um, if he opts out, then you can guess that he's leaving. Yeah. Um, he could be opting out to then sign a, a longer-term contract with the Cavs. I just don't think that's likely. Right, right, okay. So we'll. Yeah. that's when we'll find out the kind of next step in the LeBron saga. Yeah, Which will be really fun. Interesting. Well, we we wait with bated breath. Yeah, we do. It's Basketball's gone crazy right now. It, it, it definitely has. Yeah. Uh, you'll be working the next few days. Yeah, I will. I don't get days off. <laughs> making making sure we're on top of all that. Um, so, of course, head to the foxsports.com.au website to track all the NBA and NBL and NBL versus NBA news. As well as the FIBA World Cup Asian qualifiers, which start up again on Friday. Uh, Thonmaker will be making his debut. Oh, cool. Which is, We've got which is Japan cool. and Philippines. Correct. Japan uh, on Friday, Philippines on Monday. They're so, on Fox Sports. They're on Fox Sports. We'll be live blogging on. So the first, the Japan game, I believe, is eight thirty, uh, or eight forty-five, and the the Philippines game is at nine thirty. So Fox Sports. Um, so head to Foxtel, check that out. We'll be live blogging on foxsports.com.au. Nice. Don Maker will be making his Australian Boomers debut. So that'll be a really, it's a really exciting time. Yeah, nice. It's always an exciting awesome. time in Australian basketball, Phil. And how do we follow you on Twitter, Olga Nulich? Follow me at Olga Nulich. That's at O-L-G-U-N-U-L-U-C. Or at Fox Basketball, which is where you'll find all of our stuff. That's also on follow Phil. Facebook and Twitter as well. On all Facebook that and stuff. Twitter, everything. Follow Phil. Please follow Phil. That's a wrap. He needs followers. Yeah. <laughs>